Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. We always appreciate you joining us on the PGP. And you can always subscribe to the Permission Granted Podcast on its own. It is available for your listening pleasure on its own podcast feed, just simply search Permission Granted, and you'll find us in any podcast platform, and you can subscribe to that. Also, you can rate and review that. That would be awesome. That helps other people find it. Or it shows up on the normal DA Show podcast feed. So if you just search the DA Show and want the rest of the show along with it every single day, the best of the show or full four hours, that's there as well. So you can check that out on your favorite podcast platforms. And you can also watch the show every day. Watch the insanity at watchda.com. That's available on any device, including mobile-friendly ones, your phone included, or on Twitch. Check out the CBS Sports Radio channel on Twitch to watch us there, and you can chat alongside the show. And I can only imagine the chatter amongst the aliens today when we unveiled that you would be the father of a new girl, a brand-new baby girl will be bouncing into your home in October as you announced the news yesterday on social media and this morning on the show. So I don't know what the reaction was on social or on Twitch, but I know the reaction for us on the show were a lot of laughs, a lot of belly laughs that you were crushed by the news of this. Once your family hears how crushed you were to the news of this, are they going to be surprised? Or they, they knew you were disappointed yesterday. Uh, there was definite known of disappointment. Uh, because we had to obviously place the calls. And one thing I will give my wife a ton of credit for and the fact that we had to place these calls yesterday when my family knew we were having a kid but not knowing the gender was that my wife was all on board with me. We're not doing no gender reveal party. So, you know, we have been anti-gender reveal party. So with that, I was happy with that. But when we called the family, of course, Danielle couldn't wait two seconds until everybody go, oh, oh, girl, ooh, ooh, to tell everybody, yeah, and Sean's reaction couldn't have been worse because she saw it. I think she understood where I was coming from, but DA, in a pouring rainstorm, I had to actually go outside and take a walk and just compose myself to make sure I didn't look like a selfish jerk. Well, you brought up a lot of reasons why 
this one was tough. Number one, you wanted a son to share sports memories with. Number two, you already had a daughter, so you wanted to mix it up a little bit. You had a fastball, now you wanted an off-speed pitch. You also, you are the only son in your family, and so your last name will end with a U because uh, there's no other way to pass on your dad's last name. Also, having two daughters, which will only be 22 months apart and one grade apart, means that you will have two girls in middle school and high school and college. Certainly middle school and high school, they'll be in the same school, so a lot of competition there. And you're also worried about financially having a pair of weddings and a pair of proms and all of that. So out of all those concerns, what what is the one that beats you up most about this? I probably the lineage thing, honestly. I probably the idea that I know that I probably won't be passing along my last name to a male production of me and I think that not that I'm worried about some kind of legacy or anything, but I, I there's just something to that. And it wasn't that long ago I thought maybe I would never have kids, so I understand all that. I, and I love my daughter and everything that goes with, with having a girl. I always wanted to have a girl as well. But just I, I think there's a combination of that, and I really, really in my gut believe this was a boy. So I started to already fantasize about, ooh, maybe I'll coach a little football. Maybe I'll do it. And I'm still doing those things where I want to coach basketball and softball with my daughter. But I wanted to be very involved in the sports scene, and I, I'm still going to do that, obviously, with the girls. But, I, you know, stuff like football and, and different sports that, that you know, a male will play. I, I don't know. It was just like I had started to fantasize about all these things, about being a boy dad as well and knowing that I'm not going to have that. I just felt robbed a little bit. I can't explain it. I know it sounds selfish. So is it about the last name or is it about the sports? Because your girls will play, or they can play, who knows if they will play, tons of sports besides football, I guess. And they can even play football. They definitely can. And that's where people are listening now going, well, what a jerk Mraz is. No, no, no. I understand all that. And believe me, we already have my daughter hitting off a tee right now and dribbling a ball. I am really training hard into her to have her into sports. And obviously my sisters watch all the giant games that me and my dad do. So I know that my daughter's, my daughter can't take her eyes when hockey's off the TV right now. So the sports part of it is a yes and no, but there, I don't know. There's just something special about the father son bond on top of the father daughter bond. It's just a little bit of a different bond that I think knowing I already have the father daughter bond, like that part checked off to not probably get that father-son part again i get it selfish but i don't know it's probably just a combination and as you can tell as i'm stuttering over it i'm still working through my thoughts as i know i sound like a jerk and i know i sound like an idiot but i just couldn't help myself what about your what about your dad you know i don't know if my dad cares as much because he has me personally so i i I, he love i mean he eats it up i think he loves having a granddaughter so i'll to him, that's probably not a big deal. Also, you got to realize for him, although it's not the same last name, anything he's looking forward to with a grandson, he's got two other daughters that could have potential grandsons for him. So I don't know that the, the idea of not having a grandson stresses him out or the name thing stresses mm. him out. I think he'll pro- he probably thinks he's going to roll the dice and get one. I think this is clearly a me issue. <laughs> when do you think you'll get over it? I I would have liked to have said this morning, but I could tell you I'm not. So I I I mean to find over it. Am I am I thrilled? Am I am I pumped up to have two kids and two daughters that will love it? Absolutely. 
The idea of not having a son? I don't know. I don't know what I'll get over it. I, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question. I guess I just hope it comes immediately. Danielle didn't have the same reaction, though. She was happy to have another daughter. So she always, at, it's funny, at the beginning, the first child, I was pro-girl. I wanted a daddy's little girl. And she really wanted a son. All of that stuff. She, she, you know, she wanted... She just wanted a mama's boy kind of deal. And once we had Taylor, she was enamored with the idea of the second, I want Taylor to have a best friend girl. Let's have two girls. She loved the idea of passing on the same clothes Taylor's worn, her own hand-me-downs. She was thinking very frugal. So she was pro-girl the whole time, and she is ecstatic right now. Can't believe she's going to have two little hers running around, which is exactly my fear. The fear is two little Taylors or two more two little Danielles. Danielles two little Danielles here's the thing one Danielle is enough in this house a Danielle and a Taylor as we try to not have Taylor be totally Danielle but a piece of Danielle is fine once you start multiplying and you get all these females in the house and they start to follow after mommy that could the the bad parts of of <laughs> Basically, me walking on eggshells in this house really only get amplified. So that is all the stuff I'm worried about. I'm not even worried about the first five years. I'm worried about 15 years from now what this house is going to look like. I'm long-term planning. Why, what part of Danielle's personality do you hope doesn't stick? Well, look, Danielle could be very outspoken at times. If Danielle gets angry, she has a hard time biting her tongue about it, you know, where uh-huh. I, I'm more like, let's not get in the confrontation. You know, she has no problem telling somebody off or anything like that. And, if you know, if she gets angry at me. We have a good joking around relationship where I know when she's laughing and stuff like that. But there are certain things if I do it, you know, I mean, I think there's a lot of guys like this, you know, you know what you can and can't get away with and get yelled at for. And if I have two more versions of that in the house, and then they all get that teenage attitude to go with it, to me that is a nightmare scenario for me. That is a that is a nightmare. That is ending up with Whedon and Trent Richardson in the same draft, and I can't <laughs> I can't have that as a father. So now it's my job to make these children as much and mold them as much as me. So. There's a lot of there's a lot of finagling going on here. I am working through emotions, DA. Again, the most important thing is that this seems to be a happy, healthy child in the womb right now. It's just the idea of two daughters and knowing that we had previously discussed we're probably gonna stop at two. Whew, that was a lot for me to take in. So you're kinda like the jailblazers. It's just a chemistry issue yeah. and you know they're gonna run the coach out of town at some point in time that you just stand no chance if there is three potential women in your life just screaming at you and demanding stuff. Yeah, or just screaming at each other because they all have similar attitudes and butting heads as I try to eat some breakfast on a Saturday afternoon in the or a Saturday morning in the year 2036. Nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. So I think the next couple of years are going to be great. I am very concerned about when these daughters become teenagers and everybody under one roof. I am very concerned. You know, today, because this this story kind of hijacked the show, and for good reason, it was great, great content. We had to talk about it. There were two stories and two headlines I was really proud of that we never got to. So I was I wanted to bring them up on the show because we never actually, I think, ran the lower thirds on these. Mm-hmm. Today, at the end of hour number three, I wanted to talk about how Gio Bernard had signed with the Buccaneers. That makes it Gio Bernard, Ronald Jones... And Leonard Fournette, the headline, well, the question was, how can the Bucks afford Bernard and Ronald? And the headline, Geo and Jones. This was undoubtedly this morning when I went through the rundown an hour before the show, the headline that made me smile the most. Ah. 
definitely was. I and So much so as when I go through the rundown, and the way this works for anybody listening, DA will send us all the times of each segment, and the first thing you get is that little catchy headline before you get the question and the topic we're really talking about. When I quickly went through the headlines, I didn't see all the topics. That's kind of how my eyes gaze first. I saw Gio and Jones, and I thought maybe something was archived from a morning show you discovered or something. And when I read the question that it was about Gio Bernard and Ronald Jones, I had both hands on my hips, and it was the first thing that made me smile since finding out I was having a daughter again. <laughs> I thought the headline was perfect. It was no doubt about it was my favorite headline of the show today, and it never got ran. Wow. Yeah, never never saw the light of day. Maybe I'll have to run it back tomorrow. And then the second one was at 9.20, final hour of the show, I wanted to talk about how Stan Van Gundy is actually talking about running Zion at point, which is crazy because he was a power forward in college, and he's a big, thick, jump-out-of-the-building type dude that can rebound, etc. And maybe not as good, but has Van Gundy found something with point guard Zion yeah, I liked yeah, and I'll tell you why I like it. You don't have to worry about wasting this one, D.A. There will be plenty of times to go yeah moving forward in the years as long as Zion's on, a, on the Pelicans. We don't talk Pelicans much, though. They're, they're somewhat irrelevant right now. They are somewhat irrelevant, but I think we're all in agreement that we expect them to become relevant. I mean, if they don't with Zion, it's an utter disaster. True. So I'm assuming we're going to have some positive Pelican moments, even if it's not this year and the years to come, where Pelia is the one to keep on the back burner. <laughs> and I come up with like my own logical, oh, you know, maybe this would be a good headline when I send topics the night before, not knowing if you get to them for every once in a while. And the one I was going to pitch was Zy Young, like Cy Young. But yeah. I liked Pelia better. Okay. Yeah, Zy Young's not bad. So today your trash was a couple of dudes that came into your bagel store on Saturday, and they were wearing old wrestling shirts, and they were talking about WrestleMania, and you just couldn't get over this. Like, they were breaking down the game before, you know, in the morning having bagels over breaking down, you know, a playoff NFL game or something like that. I, w- I was wondering because you took shots at wrestling fans, obviously, as being overgrown children and that this is for kids, you got to grow out of wrestling. Did, did you worry about the fallout? Because wrestling fans can be not only very numerous, but pretty aggressive. I used to, but this isn't my first anti-wrestling take. Right. So I, I, I am actually not, I was not worried about the fallout. And I also really, I'd be honest with you, Sunday morning when I was in the bagel store and I saw these guys, I really rolled my eyes and I muttered to myself in the car. And immediately I said, (laughs) well, this has to be my trash Tuesday. This was on my mind so much Sunday that by Sunday late afternoon, I had said to myself, I really need to come up with another trash because I've beaten on wrestling fans enough. I don't want to do this. I don't want to get peed upset. I don't want to go through all of this. And I just couldn't help myself. I just couldn't bite my tongue because I just thought less of I really thought less of these two clowns I saw in the bagel store they really bothered me to no end and maybe it's Wrestlemania Twitter lighting up and I, again I think there's a difference in wrestling fans there's the fans who get it's the wink wink show and still love that part of it and there's the fans who are just so super serious who really treat it like a sporting event like these guys were where they can't throw out their shirts and underwear from when they were kids that bother me and these kind of people bother me so I couldn't bite my tongue on it and I wasn't worried about the backlash. What are they going to do? Throw some Dungeons and Dragons cards at me? I don't know how much crossover there is between Dungeons and Dragons and wrestling feels like those could be two separate fan bases. But So you did worry about upsetting Pete. Definitely worried about upsetting Pete because... I real, 
I really genuinely mean this. I don't think Pete is the kind of wrestling fan I hate. I, I Pete gets it. Pete gets why he never grew out of it and, and admits that he knows it's a whole show and admits that some wrestling fans are ridiculous. So I get on Pete for a lot and make fun of Pete for a lot. And ironically, in a weird twist, I make fun of wrestling fans a lot, and that's not the thing I make fun of Pete for. I There is a difference in the type of wrestling fan that exists out there, and I don't believe Pete is that. I see what you're saying, because as I mentioned on the show, we have two types of wrestling fans at CBS Sports Radio. We have the types that sit in the newsroom and bark and debate and argue and conjecture over fights and matchups and belts and all of that stuff like it was a roundtable debate of like sports reporters or this was first take about wrestling and it just seems totally inane because you are arguing about a television show ultimately it is just a scripted show so to argue over any television show seems insane now we have Pete is on the other end of that I totally agree where he doesn't engage in that type of silliness He just watches and observes like it's a television show. So he has, as I mentioned, kind of a, I think, a healthy distance from all of that stuff. Like, the other guys in the newsroom would be on Monday arguing about Bad Bunny and whether he deserves to have this title and whether he's better than The Miz or whatever. Like, that would have been an argument. Pete's not going to argue about Bad Bunny. He's just going to watch it for the entertainment value of Bad Bunny. And I think that's what difference you're talking about. Yes, Pete has said on our show numerous times, hey, this was good writing by the writers, or this was a good storyline they are trying to build. And he talks about it like we would talk about The Sopranos or Breaking Bad. And that's why I don't consider him that. These dorks, I hate to use that word, that I saw in the bagel store are are really pumped up to see who's going to win the the world championship. I don't know, I couldn't even tell you who fought for the championship at WrestleMania and are and have a rooting interest in it and aren't even acknowledging the fact that oh maybe this was written in that there's still an element of them that kind of like Santa Claus wants to believe that this is real even though they know it's not. It's there is such a difference in wrestling fans and it just it just makes me shake my head. Like, this is what we, there's nothing else better going on in your life? I mean, come on. <laughs> it is really insane when, when we're in the newsroom and we hear people really loudly arguing or shouting about Monday Night Raw on a Tuesday morning. Like, what happened on Raw? And you're thinking, could you ever come in? It's one thing to be crazy surprised about a Monday Night Football ending and you come in Tuesday morning And you can't believe a decision that Adam Gase made, a coaching blunder, a mistake that the quarterback threw, a great play, a referee call. Those are all reasons that you would be surprised. You would be animated, emotional. You were reacting to it. It just seems impossible to to somehow tap into that type of frustration, energy, anger, whatever, based on television writing, which is ultimately what wrestling is. Yeah, and I have no problem. I think enough times admitted this. I have no problem admitting that, you know, the former host of the morning time slot we were in, Taz, I ended up getting to quite the beef with over this argument about, around WrestleMania at one point because I kind of had similar arguments. It's it's the whole thing, DA, with that Wrestling Hall of Fame that Bogus was talking about, the WWE Hall of Fame. 
you put guys in the WWE Hall of Fame who were great showmen, really did the most with their characters, and they put in the time, they are athletic, it, you know, they're just danger to the moves. I understand all of that. My beef of stuff with that is when you have guys like you would see in the bagel store when, and this is what happened, I remember this on social media, I think it was Jeff Jarrett got elected to the Hall of Fame, and people are actually arguing with each other, does he have enough intercontinental championships to make the Hall of Fame? <laughs> like we're having the Edelman debate. And my debate back was, the bosses decide how many intercontinental championships he has. You, you don't base who goes to your Hall of Fame of a fake sport on what's written, you should base it on all the character stuff. And that prompted, you know, Taz, who was in the wrestling, like, you don't know the hard work that goes, well, I do know the hard work, or I, maybe I don't appreciate the hard work, but that doesn't mean we, we count stats in wrestling as to why they should get in the Hall of Fame. It's fake. And that's the stuff that drives you mad. And it ended up with me having a fallout. I still haven't talked to the guy in five years because it's like people in wrestling just don't get why people who are not in wrestling roll their eyes at some of it. Well, so it begs the question of having the Miz on the show on Friday because we had him. They wanted him to promote WrestleMania. He also has an endorsement with Snickers. They wanted to promote that as well, so we let him do both of those things. And we've had the Miz on the show before. He's a former reality television star for MTV, Real World Road Rules Challenge. So the Miz is kind of a big deal. He also has the Miz and Mrs. TV show. So I always think that that's, that's, that's good radio, interesting guy. He knows how to play to the camera. So, you know, you're just going to get a good 10 minutes with him just to listen. And I oftentimes just think, okay, will these 10 minutes be good for a listener if they didn't know what he did? And I think Miz is a good talker, big personality that it works. But we, we played in some ways the fool in this only because we allowed the Miz to talk about a matchup that which he ultimately knew he was going to lose. He was promoting a match of a game of a performance that he was scripted to lose. So all of his bluster and, and opinions and trying to build it up was all a complete act. Do we ever go down this road again? Or did, did that sour it? So it always sours me, and this isn't the first time we've done a spot near WrestleMania, but I try to think of this as the person who produces and, and books the guests for the show. I try to think of this not selfishly. And the selfish part of me would get pitched this and go, wrestling's fake, I can't be bothered, get out of here. The trying to be courteous and understand I don't represent the entire audience in me tells me, WrestleMania, if you're ever going to do a wrestling spot, it is the event of the year. Everybody knows WrestleMania, even if you're not a wrestling fan. Is there a wrestling guest that other casual people don't watch wrestling can connect with? The Miz is a perfect example of that. How many is John Cena, these guys who become celebrities? And for the one day a year, I could bite my tongue leading up to it, have that kind of guest on. Usually it's through a, a PR department that gives our listeners several of the big NFL guests we might have throughout the year as well. So the, these PR teams are very happy and they know they could come to us for a quality show to put their guests on. So, yeah, I can't just have my selfish takes about how you're a dork if you're like wrestling override what could be good content for the show. So you think that in the future we will have The Miz back on or a wrestler yeah. like that? Yes, I, and it can't just be some wrestler nobody's ever heard of that's fighting for the third belt. It's somebody that that is relatable and that I think the casual fan who's not watching SmackDown or Raw has heard of. 
you know, whatever it is, through endorsements, through whatever television shows or anything like that, I think that fits. Yes. I mean, we I had Wild so Bill on on Tuesday. I mean, not everybody watches Deadliest Catch, but it's an interesting, you know, the crabbing. And people have heard of Deadliest Catch, even if you haven't watched every episode, and it becomes an interesting talk topic. I agree. And I think that might be where I have to be better. I asked The Miz a lot of questions about that match because he was fighting Bad Bunny, and Bad Bunny is a Grammy Award winner. So everybody listening probably has heard the name Bad Bunny and is somewhat aware of Bad Bunny. Had I said he was wrestling, and no offense, but I had no idea the other guy that was in this Immortals match that was alongside Bad Bunny or the Miz's teammate as well, Kirk Morrison, John Morrison, Van Morrison, I don't know. So <laughs> I don't think it was Van Morrison. So, you know... I need, probably needed to be better about asking the Miz a question about Bad Bunny and a question about that matchup and the rivalry or whatever, quote-unquote rivalry, because that's the WrestleMania thing, but then I got to go into something else with him, something else that can pull in the non-wrestling fan, because before we've had him on, I've asked him about being a reality star and right. turning into a heel and being a bad guy and acting that act, and he was very good on that. His very famous line of the show is, I've always had a very punchable face or a very hateable face or something. And that was that was pretty enlightening. So I think maybe if we do the wrestling, I just can't ask about the wrestling specifically and have to get like deadliest catch. It's got to be about more all the other things going on, except you know, sometimes it feels like wrestlers are a little bit like stuck in the character and won't break out of it. But both Miz and John Cena, John Senna, according to John Sally and... I guess we had Stone Cold on, Triple H. They, they're pretty good about talking about non-wrestling things. Yeah, Ric Flair we had on at one point, too. That's right. Yeah. Charlotte He, he Flair loved talking about how drunk he used to get. Right. So there are plenty of personalities we've had. On, exactly. That people know, and you don't have to be hardcore in the ins and outs of wrestling to watch, and they end up being good spots. That's why I wouldn't say no. It's just... I don't know. And there are plenty of fans of the show that I'm sure are these guys in the bagel store I'm talking about who are probably offended that I called them dorks, or maybe they don't even realize they're that guy. But it won't stop me from booking what could be a good quality casual guest. Okay. I was going to say that we've had some real nice work behind the scenes done by Aiden from Marquette. He was the young man who took it upon himself to do a school project about the show. He took all of our headlines from the graphics, lower thirds for lower third graphics is, is what we run to the bottom of the television screen when we, when we air the show. He took our best headlines and graphics and did a whole project about him, top 10 over the course of 2021. And he reached out to me and said, you know, I heard you guys talking about me and really appreciate it. And if there's anything I could ever do for the show, I would really love to be part of it. So I said, I, I always love ambitious, enterprising young people. And so I wanted to bring him aboard. So we, we gave him some projects just to kind of work on. And he's working on some stuff for us for the NFL draft. He's working closely with you about some potential, you know, draft guests and information. It sounds like he's doing a good job, huh? Very organized. I mean, when a kid like that does a project in school and breaks down the show the way he did and did a bunch of research on, on headlines for the show to bring to his class. You knew he would be a good research. And yeah, we gave him, we gave him a job where, you know, he was very forthright in helping organize how to contact guests that I would not have contacts with, namely NFL prospects coming into the first or second round where we'd like to have those guys on around this time of year. And I have to say, I have done this work on my own the past couple of years and we've had a couple of good guests on, 
but nowhere near organizationally did I have this on point the way he had. He has presented me with an unbelievable spreadsheet of details and way to contact people, backup ways to contact people. It is a thorough job, and like you said, I, I love rewarding ambition, and that I would be lost already here around NFL draft time if it wasn't for Aiden from Marquette stepping up and helping the show. Okay, so now the pressure's on you to convert on this. He has set you up oh, with huge. a winning play. Huge. It, it, there's a lot of pressure on me. I spent a lot of the early morning before the show cranking out a lot of emails for email addresses and people I have never actually dealt with who have some of these clients and some of these players. So I'm hoping I convert a little bit here. I can't have his work go for not. Yes, there's enormous pressure on me here. So this is a young point guard that has set you up with wide open shots all game long, and you've got to knock down these threes. If you don't knock down these threes, the egg is on your face. Yes, and I'm knocking down threes where there needs to be a net that doesn't have a bounce back and accepts the three, too, because you know it's one thing just to use these in book. I have to have people accept the invitations, but it's on me and the language of all this. There's a lot of inner workings of being a producer in this spot where you know you need to sell yourself a little bit to make sure that these clients can be you know brought to a proper show to be on, because around this time with NFL draft prospects, you will see a bunch making the rounds on certain TV shows and stuff, but... A lot of these agencies and stuff are very selective in the shows they put their clients on. Uh, and I, I go as far as I show when Patrick Mahomes, I show videos when Patrick Mahomes was chewing bubblegum with us, when Sam Darnold was on the show. I try to attach a lot of this stuff to show that we could be that comfort net for some really big prospects in the past. And Aiden now has supplied me with enough of these people where I can present this to. It is a lot that goes into the background of churning out a guest like that that would be on the show. It is two of the more underrated moments in DA show history that we don't get enough run out of that we had Patrick Mahomes and Sam Darnold in studio with us before they got drafted. Specifically Mahomes, I mean, think about if Patrick Mahomes ends up going down in history as one of the greatest football players ever, and we had him in studio chewing bubblegum, joking around with us, that's a pretty historic moment. We really should build that into rejoins or lookbacks or retrospectives or whatever because that's pretty insane when you think about it. I mean, imagine a TV show. It's kind of like having Tiger Woods on The Tonight Show when he's three years old. I mean, it's a little bit different because, of course, he wasn't three. But he was before he became great, great Patrick Mahomes. He was in studio joking around with us. Yeah, and the lead-up to him joking around was – me having to go to you guys on the show and say, hey, I struck out on Trubisky, I struck out on Watson, we got Patrick Mahomes, all right, maybe Mahomes will become something, and now the guy might be, the best, well, he is the best quarterback in football, and it was you going the extra mile of, well, let's use this baseball background, let's have fun, let's do some big league chew, and instead of just talking Texas Tech or talking football, now we have in the archives forever a guy who... Who, who knows where his path is on old-time quarterbacks chewing big league chew with us in the studio. That is a monumental show moment. Yeah, I mean, imagine, like, rookie Joe Montana on some type of show in the late 70s before he becomes big, or Tom Brady in 2000. I mean, that's kind of what we had with Mahomes. And, yeah, like, he played baseball growing up, and I'm like, what can we do that's fun? And so we had him chew a whole bunch of big league chew and try to blow a really big bubble. And now it's like Patrick Mahomes still has kind of a kid-like enthusiasm, so it still makes sense. But at some point, he's going to be the grizzled veteran, like a Brett Favre or an Aaron Rodgers or a Peyton and a Tom Brady. And you're going to be like, oh, wow, yeah, back in the day, we had him like goofy and chewing bubble gum and blowing bubbles with us. 
Yeah, no question. And also, Dean, now that we think about this, and I'm assuming you were going to talk to the Monumental moment about having Sam Darnold in studio as well. Is that where you were going to go? Yeah, I said that, that those two moments are pretty huge. Now, Darnold obviously could end up being a huge bust, but he's, he's still an enormous name in football and is a franchise QB. Do you remember the Sam Darnold questions that happened in the newsroom with us? Is that, is that okay to bring up? Do you remember this, what he did when he came in studio, but he was in the newsroom off the air? You know, jog my memory because I, I do remember there was a thing with Darnold in the newsroom. Yes. So the, at this time, we've got to remember, we're a week before the NFL draft. NBA playoffs are going on. We are 9 to noon Eastern times to show. He is out in the newsroom waiting pre-show. He was going to be on with one of the first two segments of the show. So we're talking about the 8 a.m. Eastern hour. He was going to make a hit over at Boomer and Geo early and then come over to us. He's standing in the newsroom with whoever is representing him, and we have all the TVs in the newsroom, and NBA TV was on replaying whatever NBA all, uh, playoff game was on the night before. I think it was a 76er game, if I remember correctly. He looks up at the TV, looks down at us in the newsroom, and go, or it squints. He goes, oh, what's the score? What game is this? DA was 8 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, yeah, I remember and, that. And all of us walked away, and we thought he was a nice kid and said to ourselves, was he serious? Did he really ask us what the score was? Does he think that they're playing NBA games live at this time? And there were some people, I believe it was you who defended, said, well, he's a West Coast guy, so maybe he's used to weekend games starting at that, <laughs> and he has his days all jumbled. We were really reaching for defense. And I remember, I think the joking concept was, if he fails at a quarterback, we're going to remember that he doesn't even know what time of day these games start for other sports in the playoffs. <laughs> and it's just kind of funny to look back at their tears at the Jets and go, I think I had no idea the game wasn't live on a Tuesday at 8 a.m. So maybe a harbinger of things to come. <laughs> maybe the Jets should have known. Maybe we should have tipped them off. Yeah, well, those were two cool interviews, and that's why I can't wait to get back in the studio because that's that's the type of stuff that happens only when you're all together. So yeah. hopefully when we're all back together, maybe later on in the summer, maybe in the fall, whenever that's going to be, perhaps we'll be able to have some guests, although who knows, maybe with aftermath of COVID, no guests are ever going to want to do a live in-person tour ever again. Only yeah. be Zoom. Zoom could have changed everything. And we do in the coming days, weeks, have to announce when we're going to pay off this Patriot bet as well. Yeah, I know. I'm excited about that. We've got it all planned out, and it's going to be all of us together. So it's coming up. We'll let everybody know about that. But uh, that's to be. So I guess you're going to talk to Bogues about him getting that, that second crack at the plate and getting the son and you having to go with the daughter. I think that's a natural progression of where this conversation needs to go because it's very clear, as you asked me earlier at the beginning of side A, when I'm going to get over this. I'm going to need to talk to a lot of people and have my own therapy sessions as I embrace girl number <laughs> two entering my life. All right, Mraz, a proud papa of a second daughter, tears in his eyes of sadness. He's going to talk to Bogues now on side B. How to do to do 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 you? How to do to do here to rock with you? It's IB of the PGP. Mraz here and Bogish too. Hello, everyone. It is Mraz, the executive producer of the DA Show and host of Side B of the PGP, joined by the bogeyman Andrew Bogish. Bogish, hello. 
You're better than Hank Williams. You should sing the Monday Night theme song, buddy. You're prettier than, um, uh, I was going to say Faith Hill. Is that correct? And then I'm confusing the one on, on Sunday Night Football. But either way, you're better than all of them, buddy. Get up there behind the mic and sing me about Falcons and Bengals on a Monday night somewhere. Well, Sunday Night Football was originally when it went to NBC Pink, then went to Faith Hill, and now we've had Carrie Underwood. That's whose name was messing me up. Carrie Underwood. My apologies yes. to the entire Underwood Carrie... family. How could Carrie Underwood mess you up? The pipes on Carrie Underwood. Maybe one of the best female vocalists of our generation. I, I don't disagree. I just, my brain could not find her name. was throwing all these other things at me that were not Carrie Underwood, and I was lost there for a second. I think I could do the Monday Night theme. Now that you say it, I think I could. I could rock out. I could kind of, look, if Kevin James could play Sean Payton in a movie, I certainly could play, you know, the, the role of a Hank Williams singing a Monday Night song. That's for sure. No, no, no. You're not playing Hank Williams. You're just being you. This is not well, a movie. I mean. This is real life. Get up there. The sky's the limit. I like it. I like it. Maybe with the expanded package, maybe they do look into me. Maybe they do. Howdy doody do. It's Monday Night Football. We're here with you. Hello? Yeah, I mean, a couple of tweaks to that line probably, but otherwise I think we're off to a good start. Okay. And speaking of off to good starts, me as a father of two. Uh, yeah. Bows, let me just let me go a little in-depth therapy here with you as a father of two. Now, you have been blessed with a beautiful daughter and son. You you got the the pick of the litter both ways. Be honest, honesty policy here. Were you rooting boy deep down, if not publicly, after already having a daughter when child number two was in root? I mean, I was not rooting publicly, openly, strongly for. A boy, but I did. I, I know the situation that you were in because I I figured two was going to be it for us, and my daughter was first. So that like I you know if if there if it was a, if number two was a girl as well, then I was basically sol on the son front. And every guy wants a son. I'm sure every woman wants a daughter, and doesn't like you said it doesn't make you love them any less. It just you know one of each is great. And um, so, but we didn't find out until he was here like we didn't we didn't know before for either kid we wanted to be surprised in the moment so like i went nine plus months wondering what's this little thing gonna be and out popped jake and um i you know so i didn't have to i I don't know how i would have responded in the moment but i think in the room on the day of it being born i i can't imagine that i would have been visually disappointed or angry but I don't know because I I didn't live it and I don't know and I definitely was hoping that it would have been a son like I just think I would have been hoping it was a daughter if my son was born first um but I do I I know one person in particular that like walked out of the delivery room when it wasn't a son which I mean I just not really sure how you come back from that but (laughs) but, so at least you didn't at least you didn't do that I guess huh no, and see, I was just going to say before you brought that up, see, you guys technically, I guess, did it right. I, my wife could not wait. There's no way she could have waited. We didn't wait for baby number one to find out uh, at the birth. So we didn't find out together what Taylor was going to be. We, She found out at the doctor, and she called me actually as a subway train was a uh, basically pulling up at the platform that's how i found that i was having a daughter and i was ecstatic i wanted a daddy's little girl and i'm like you if i if my first child if taylor had been a son i'm sure i would have been rooting daughter here but what you just said is key had we waited 
and we found out, and the baby came out in the delivery room, and I found out right then and there that it was a daughter. There's no way I would have walked out of the delivery room. There's no way. You're so, you should be so overcome with emotion. I'm, you know, fathers out there know what we're talking about when that baby is born. It's it's unbelievable that I I just. I don't think I would have had time to soak it in and bend down. I would have been like, this is great. Let's go. Got another little girl here. I think the idea that it became an extra event, you know, sort of like the NFL extending the calendar where it's free agency, the combine. (laughs) This is definitely like football, yeah. Right. When you extend the baby (laughs) calendar of all these little markers along the way before the Super Bowl gets here, it gave me more room to slip up. And I I, I definitely slipped up with my reaction. And, I mean, it's – I, I see, and I don't. I don't think it's a negative feeling to have. And I know, like everyone's very easily can just go like, "Well, it's a kid. Just be happy that it's healthy." Of course, that's that is the most important thing. But like, I don't think it's unnatural to to hope, want it to be one or the other. I like. I. I mean, I, we all know people who have had another kid to try and get the like. You know, they had two boys first. But they wanted a girl, so they had a third, and it was a girl. Yay, or it was a boy. Uh oh. Like so, and like it just. This is the way people go about their lives and their business and and making families so um you know and and i guess there's also like the like the heritage kind of thing in play here too there what who's the next marash man like that was me, it's me and my brother or the um and i have a one male cousin like that's the, we're the end of the bogishes if none of us had sons and I've, I've got one at least now so we're good on that front for a while it appears so like i those things are real too and they matter to people so I don't. I, I think that there is a a fair range of feelings in this situation. The leaving the room thing and being angry is definitely not in the acceptable range. Um, so if you, as long as you avoided that, I think you're doing okay. And 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 uh, I think Danielle will move on from this and 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 forgive you at some point soon. Now, as we dig down the le- dig out the layers, if you will, of me having child number two. Look, this obviously became public yesterday. We felt comfortable enough with all the health checkups and everything. And now finding out the gender to release this information to the public, if you will, seems like all systems are a go here. Behind the scenes, though, Bogish, I do have to peel back the curtain and let everybody know. I think what what crushed Danielle about me being upset at, at it being a girl, although she understood where I was coming from, were I did not have good reactions to the first couple of moments <laughs> in the pregnancy, which yeah. I, I guess now in hindsight, looking back, we can laugh at them and I think become good fodder here on the PGP. So I got hit with a double whammy. Number one, my wife definitely wanted to have kids close in age because she felt like, you know, we want to move on with our lives as adults and kind of, you know, have them go to school together and all of this. So when she broached the idea of baby number two, I kind of did what I'm assuming most dads would say, yeah, yeah, sure, okay, that sounds good. And then just kind of assume when it happens, it happens. It happened quick. Like it, I mean, 22 months to me is pretty quick. One grade apart for kids is pretty quick. And when I was first shown the test, and every guy you know, has that moment, right, when the wife shows him the pregnancy test, it was a very, very faint second line where you need the two lines. And <laughs> instead of taking a chance or taking a second, and I do this how many times on the air to think about what I'm going to say, my immediate look at the test was, that's too faint. That's not pregnant. Don't get your hopes up. Quote, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> and you want to talk about a back-breaking interception in the fourth quarter. That one, whoo! That was tough. So much so that the very next day she went and she got one of those like electronic ones that just says flat out pregnant or not pregnant. 
and left right here on my studio desk when I woke up the next morning was one that very clearly said pregnant that he made sure I could see and not question loud and clear. So being being told, telling her to don't get her hopes up, ugly scene for me, Bogus. How do you think your wife would have reacted to that? Yeah. So, so yeah, maybe the, the negative pattern is the, is the issue here, but I've now, oh, it gets better not to the next one. I tell you. Oh yeah. So, I mean, not, not to this extent to something this serious, but my normal reaction to a lot of things is not, um, an emotional reaction. It's like a practical reaction. Like I start to immediately think about like, how is that going to work? Like scheduling wise, like how much is it going to cost? Are we free? Do I already have something? So like I sometimes have reacted the wrong way to news because I wasn't reflecting like my feelings about it. I was reflecting like, oh no, I've got work that day. Like that's bad timing. Or like, man, that's going to cost a lot of money or we don't have the money for that. Like, so like I end up being in, in a little bit of hot water at times for things like that. But um, I've at least, I think, avoided this type of danger so far. Well, which brings me to danger number two. Now, may I ask you when both of yeah. your children were born? What are the birthdays we're talking about here? Uh, my daughter was born May 5th and my son is December 4th. Great dates. I, I have no way. My daughter born in December. I'm a May baby. I think May is the perfect month to have a kid. So I, in the midst of having a bad reaction, didn't think really to do the math and ask my wife, hey, when's this baby due? Like, I think I kind of had like, all right, yeah, fall, sure, whatever. It'll be a fall baby. Whatever happens, happens. Then we go to the doctor and we find out the due date. <laughs> the due date is October 14th. I mean, right smack, right. Which in the is my of brother's October. birthday. It's a good day. How about that? And my immediate reaction on the car ride home was not, oh, this is great, fall baby, blah, blah, blah. My reaction was, I'm going to, are you kidding me, mid-October, Yankees playoffs, NFL, college football, it's a busy time at work, it really is October. And, oh, oh, man, I should have never mentioned a Yankee playoff game over having my child born because... That was a rough ride home for me, Bogues. The idea, this is what, you, nothing, sports are always your priority. Your family needs to be your priority. I got that whole talk on the way home. I just could not stop getting in trouble here. Yeah, well, I got I got nothing for you on this front because, I mean, you and I have had this conversation before when we've talked about, like, you know, no birthday parties and nothing else on football Sundays. Like, Danny, I mean, I'm 100% on Team Danielle here. Like, none of those things are, are even should have been uttered by you to her based in comparison to, like, when your kid's going to be born. Like, those things don't matter. Like, not work, not the Yankees, not the Giants. Like, they, they don't. Like, I can't, I can't defend you. I can't help you. I can't rationalize this. Like, you've got to know better by now to just not say those things out loud. You can feel them. You can tweet, you know, text your buddy about it, but like, don't say it to her. Don't have the look in the doctor's face like, hey, you think you could push this back a couple of weeks till post-World Series or move it up a little bit? Like, can we induce during the regular season? Like, you got to know better at this point now. Oh, so now, Bogus, I'm faced with this problem my daughters better be into sports because if they're not, I am going to risk basically two football weekends a year to whatever we're doing for their birthdays. Now, one happens to fall right around Christmas, as Taylor's does, so that's less of a concern for me. But, I mean, I can't be having, like, I mean, if her birthday, Peyton's birthday falls on a Sunday every couple of years. I mean, baseball playoff games, full day of NFL slate, and what, I'm running to do something at Chuck E. Cheese? That can't be, that can't happen. Like, that, that, that just cannot I mean, happen. It can, and you'll be okay. I promise you it'll be okay, especially 
seven years from now, who knows how you want to rewatch a game, maybe in like three seconds. They can just like implant the chip of the game in your head and you'll be okay. But you'll figure it out. It's really not that big of a deal. And Chuck E. Cheese is definitely better than a football Sunday when your kid's having fun. I promise you. I don't know about that, Bogues. I don't know. I don't know if I'm built to last. This is uh, this is a lot of devastation and a lot of things I'm processing. Second I would also girl, get rid of the word devastation. That's a that's a tough word to sell okay. in this in this situation. <laughs> Depression, sadness. Second girl, no chance at a son. Mid October baby. Garrett Cole on the bump. Game five ALDS. Daniel goes into labor. Birthday parties during big giant games. I mean, this this has all the makings of. A very happy life, should I say. Very happy life. It has all the makings of her being arrested at whatever, Target or Coles, and you leaving her there to watch a giant game. <laughs> Part two of that. You know how many people listen to this PGP going, can you believe how self-absorbed and how selfish Mraz is? You know, some people can't have kids. Be grateful. I can't believe she's having a second kid with you. I mean, there's the whole, there's a whole other side C where we need to break her down and her choices to keep sticking around despite you being devastated that she's getting pregnant at the wrong time for Yankee baseball. <laughs> it's. I understand. I am such a dumb piece of work. <laughs> she said, "Let's do it again." <laughs> I'm a piece of work. I really am a piece of work, <laughs> and I have to live with that. All right, folks. Well, that'll howdy doody do wrap up this stunder and news of baby number two side B of the PGP. Uh, you can follow you on Twitter with your beautiful son that you have at <laughs> at Andrew Bogish. You can follow me in this great journey I have between now and October on Twitter at CBS. At Dead Man Walking on Twitter. (laughs) Great. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 